Hey beautiful soul, this is the Menopause Coach Podcast with me, your host, Adele Johnston. I'm helping you create a vibrant life of joy and happiness without your menopause stealing your personal power and sass. Together, we're making menopause mainstream. Okay, there's no such thing as breakfast foods, there's no such thing as dinner foods or evening meal foods, so meal types really, there are just foods. Welcome back to another episode of the Menopause Coach Podcast. Today, you've got me and I am going to go deep inside the world and the space of menopause weight gain and how it's not inevitable, but how you can understand a few key principles and how you yourself can support your body during this time. So menopause weight gain isn't inevitable. However, you can manage it by paying attention to healthy eating habits and learning an active lifestyle. That we know, but it isn't as easy as it sounds for some women. We firstly need to be aware of factors involved, which I'll cover in a moment, but also about fat gain occurring as a result of excess energy in the body and the body storing that excess energy that comes from food consumed, so the calories that we eat. And what happens then is this leads to fat cells, or as we refer to them in the industry, lipids, fat lipids, that grow and develop and stay in the body unless they are used. Little miniature chemistry and biology lesson there. But (laughs) I want to really hone in on the points here that body fat itself, if you are someone listening to this right now thinking, I need to know the secret, I need to understand the secret formula to losing this unwanted body fat that I have gained. Body fat is something that you are not, okay? So you are not fat. And I want this to really echo throughout this entire episode of exactly what it is that you are looking to change. Because whenever we develop excess body fat cells or lipids, it doesn't happen overnight. So for those of you that weigh every single day, I would encourage that you appreciate and understand that your weight will always fluctuate on a daily basis. If you weigh yourself first thing in the morning, you weigh yourself last thing at night, you are going to be a good few pounds heavier on the scale weight because of many different reasons and factors. The numbers on the scale, ladies, are not reflective of you. The numbers on the scale are not your body fat numbers. Those numbers are everything, okay? They are your skeleton weight. They are your muscle volume. And we want that to be growing. You know, we're not saying about being Arnold Schwarzenegger here, but what we are saying is we want your muscle mass and volume to grow over time, especially in our midlife and beyond because it's protective, it supports our mobility, it helps our metabolism, which I'll cover in a moment's time. So it's your muscle volume. It's also things like, have you just had hair extensions put in? Yeah, these all weigh. Have you had some cosmetic surgery? Have you changed anything about your dietary intake. You may have had a heavier carbohydrate intake over the weekend. You then weigh in on the Monday morning and whoa, you're like, wow, like that's been a really rough weekend. That's that's half a stone more. How the hell did that happen? We've all been there, I promise you. But that half a stone over the weekend is not body fat. 
that half a stone over the weekend is food in your tummy, waste product in your bowel and your bladder, and also things like glycogen that sits within your muscle stores. So let's just get really key, like clear and really key on what does it mean when we gain additional fat cells and what can we do about it to remove them if we deem that a we are not happy with them you get to be not happy with them it doesn't make you less loving towards yourself and it certainly doesn't make you less loving towards your body because you're choosing to reduce your fat cells and it also when we think of it this way as well it's also about your health okay let's not skirt around the issue you know we don't do that here If you are holding on to additional body fat stores, so those fat lipids are growing over time in your body and you are a female in menopause, you are at higher risk of many different disease types, including type 2 diabetes. I don't say this to scare you. I say this because I love you being here and I want to share this black and white information so that there's no grey areas, okay? No fluff, we just go in. So when we think about menopause weight gain, it is not inevitable, but we can certainly see that over time we can gain excess fat cells and lipids. And I want to explain maybe why that's happening, but also what you can do to support your body at this time. So, Let's have a look at some of the factors to be aware of as you become perimenopausal and postmenopausal. Let's look at why women can, but not always will, gain additional body fat in menopause. And we appreciate that for a lot of us, it starts to come around our tummy area. It's certainly my own problematic area is the lower abdomen area. It just grows there and it's kind of like, why? (laughs) Why are you doing this to me? But equally... We understand why when I explain this to you. So some factors. One area is muscle mass, and we've touched on that just a moment ago. This typically diminishes with age, okay? When we say diminish, we mean decline. It, it declines with age. It, it's a natural part of the aging process, but not one that we have to accept and just say, oh, well, there's nothing I can do. There's a lot you can do. So whilst you're muscle mass or volume starts to decrease, your fat cells can increase. Not for everyone, but the majority of menopausal women. And losing muscle mass slows the rate at which your body uses calories. This is also known as your metabolism. And the more muscle mass that you have in your body, the more calories your body will use. Okay, so for those of you thinking, oh, okay, so that's why you hear of both enhanced and non-enhanced bodybuilders that are on such high caloric intakes. I get it now. I get why they're saying they're eating thousands and thousands of calories and yet they still look very muscly. It's all part of their growth phase in their training because we need a good amount of caloric intake, so good calorie volume in our body for our muscle to grow. Not just calories, but we also, when we are looking to grow muscle, need a really healthy intake of protein. For those of you that are familiar with muscle protein synthesis, MPS for short, that's the process of how our body then basically breaks down the muscle when we're training. Yeah, it sounds awful when we say that, but that's what happens. It's pretty cool. So the muscle will break down and when we then rest, muscle grows and rests, but also feed our body with really high protein intake. And there are different ways of looking at this if you are an athlete or performance level. 
we then get to increase our muscle volume through muscle protein synthesis where the protein goes into the muscle, repairs the cells, makes it bigger, makes it stronger and we go again. So it's it's a really cool thing that happens inside your body but you need to have both your nutrition and your training happening for that to happen. Otherwise the muscle mass will decline and diminish when it's not being used and it's not being put through the training regime such as resistance training and movement. So you need good fuel to help the body grow muscle. Now this can make up a more challenging element of this to maintain a healthy weight where your body is losing muscle mass and developing more fat cells or as we've said fat lipids. So hopefully you're sticking with me here and you're like right okay this is cool I get this Adele I understand. So if you continue to eat as you always have done, okay, if we think about how you're eating typically over the last few days, let's just take that as a benchmark. This is basically where mindful eating plays a really vital role in health overall. And this is what we coach inside Adele Johnston Coaching. But it's even more so poignant inside our perimenopause and postmenopausal years, I'm a huge advocate for eating to hunger and fullness. You always have those cues. That's exactly what your hormones leptin and ghrelin do. Those are your hunger hormones. They stabilize out when you're hungry. They stabilize out when you're full. So if we listen to our body and we feel what our body's showing us, that is called being mindful. Okay, so when we think about this, it's our hunger cues. I'm a huge advocate of that. But again, I want to highlight one of the big things that I come across quite a lot is around individuals saying with me, but it's what's my breakfast foods or what should I be eating for dinner? There's no such thing. Okay. There's no such thing as breakfast foods. There's no such thing as dinner foods or evening meal foods. So meal types, really, there are just foods. And this gets to be the whole piece of what do you need for your body at this time? And what do you want for your body at this time? Okay, so this is really important. It goes the same for timings. There's no such thing as a breakfast, lunch or dinner time. Okay, if you were like me, I hit 40 this August. Whoop whoop. Not frightened of it at all. It's just a number. Makes me feel lush, actually. Fabulous at 40. Or is that 50? I can't remember. So as we move into this, we think about there's no such thing as timings. I was brought up on it's lunchtime at 12 o'clock. It's dinner time at 5 o'clock. But actually... Am I ready to eat at that time? I now bring my girls up on more of a, there's a rough time of where we'll eat. The food will be ready, but when we're hungry, and sometimes we're not all hungry at the same time as a family, but we do typically tend to eat three nights per week, a meal together around the dinner table. Okay, it's it's one of my non-negotiables as a Sunday dinner together. And we have that quite early on so that the rest of the evening is our own. So you can certainly have some meals in the week that you are like, this is when I have to eat because I have commitments. That's okay. But actually, if we can really practice that mindful approach to eating, it's amazing how this can really support your body's health. Okay, we're not just talking about weight, we're talking about health. Okay, so there was a really good conversation that we had over the dinner table a couple of nights ago. The ice cream van had come up the street and where we sit in the dining room, well, of course, you hear the ice cream van before you see them, but the ice cream van had come up the street and we sit in the dining room facing down the street so we could see him. 
we knew that it was there's three three ice cream vans that come around our neighborhood we're in quite a large built-up city and they're all men where are the ice cream ladies <laughs> or the ice cream people so it's the one that we love it's the one that has the best mr whippy ice cream so yeah we were all excited and we had just started eating our dinner the kids then said mum can we get ice cream and I was like of course we can and we actually had it as part of our meal you know I think this is where there's a lot of children and I witness it I see it myself here in the street where and this is this is no disrespect or detriment to any child or adult that does this or does not but the children will be made to put the ice cream in the freezer until after dinner in which case it's a, but why? Why why are we developing this element of that's a treat or we shouldn't have that or actually it's not part of our dinner, it's not part of our meal. We had ours as part of our meal because we wanted it at that point in that time. So yeah, I think it's just opening up to the opportunities that there are no set times, there are no set meals, but there are set practices, strategies, agendas that you can take that support you thinking about that just came to my mind around the ice cream van and how we do develop this culture especially if we've been brought up around you know eat all of your food and then you can have the chocolate or the sweet or the ice cream so no such food as breakfast or lunch or dinner foods no such times as breakfast lunch or dinner times but there is what your body is telling you each day if you listen and feel so i want to circle back for a moment and get back inside this episode a little bit deeper and establish that if you don't increase your physical activity and you continue to eat as you always have done, even though your body may very well be losing muscle volume, you are very likely to gain body fat. Okay, that's just the science of how our bodies work. Another point to note in fat gain is your genetics. Genetical factors might also play a role in menopause fat gain. And if your parents or other close relatives carry extra weight around their abdomen, you're not directly going to, it's not a you will, it's more of a you of course are beautifully unique, but your DNA may then have you more open to the same. Other factors such as lack of exercise as mentioned, unhealthy eating and not enough sleep. This is a big one. How many of you listening to this right now are thinking, yeah, do you know what? My sleep isn't great. I carry out a sleep assessment with my ladies and we do this pretty much every week as part of check-in but every time we then get together and have a one-to-one we're looking a little bit deeper at well where is our sleep rating been on average over the last month. Now for sleep we won't always sleep the same every night. We won't always find that we need the same amount of time every night. Okay this is a big one but it's so important that we are aware of how we are sleeping. So I encourage my ladies to do a sleep assessment with me. And just one easy part to this is around a rating of one to five, one being really poor, five, amazing. And where is your sleep? So I'm going to ask you the question listening to this now. Where is your sleep rating for you just based on your last sleep? This might contribute to weight gain. Okay, when people don't get enough sleep, they tend to snack more, consume more calories, And we normally turn to more refined carbohydrates or sugary foods, as this is what the brain will revert to for easy fuel. Okay, your brain's main fuel source, after all, is glucose. So, of course, it's going to want to go there. You ever wonder why when you're busy and you're in a heavy brain activity or lead work, that you find yourself reaching for the chocolate or the sweetie foods or the drinks that satisfy your wants? Yeah, we kind of do that, don't we? I do it. 
yeah, in the biscuit drawer thinking, oh, I'm just going to have that bourbon or that custard cream. Yummy. But is it always what our body needs if we have been deep inside a brain-led activity? So other contributors to weight gain during menopause include declining estrogen. We've touched on this in previous episodes, but as we navigate through perimenopause, our body's estrogen levels drop and so too does our body's build-up, our makeup, our, our body's ability to just process all of the bodily functions. Okay, it still looks for estrogen. It's losing it. And there are three forms of estrogen. When we talk about estrogen, let's think of it as that's kind of like the umbrella term, but estrogen is plural. Okay, it's not got an S on the end, but let's just see that it's plural. There are three that we need to be aware of. I'll, I'll tell you the shortened version because it's easier to remember this way, but estrone, which is E1. So it's an estrogen one, estrone. Estradiol, E2, or we also know it in, inside the menopause space or endocrine space as 17-beta estradiol. So just E2 or estradiol and estriol E3. Now it's our middle one, our 17-beta estradiol or estradiol for short, E2 as its shortened name, which is our queen bee element of the estrogen hormone that declines during perimenopause. And the body then tries to claim the remaining estrogen in our body. Now, what then happens here is we're left with E1 and E3 because E2 drops. Now, what's going on here is the body then still says, well, I still need estrogen. And there is this not so great form of it that sits within our fat cells and our lipids. That is what the body is looking for. It's trying hard to get some. And when it finds it within the fat cells, the number one thing that it says is, I'm not letting this go now, I have it. Okay, so it does make it a little bit more difficult, but not impossible to lose the body fat. I suppose it's quite key to note here that experts also know that oestrogen plays a role in energy metabolism. And we've got lots of studies on this that show the way that the body metabolizes fat cells and other lipids and how they change during menopause transition. Because E2 is dropping, this is where the studies show and conclude that over time, both our chronological aging, okay, so as we age, and our ovarian aging contribute to substantial changes in our body composition. So fat and skeletal and muscle mass. Okay, it changes our waist to hip ratio. And these changes have really important ramifications for us establishing our metabolic environment. So our metabolism, how our body uses calories and energy. And it can actually change from being quite rapid to, wow, like this just does not feel like me anymore. But what's really important to know, if with the increase in body fat, both viscerally and subcutaneous fat, so if we break those down, visceral fat is the fat inside your body that sits around your organs, it's dangerous fat, we do not want this fat to grow. And subcutaneous fat, which is the fat that sits just below the surface of the skin that you can touch and feel. Okay, this is the fat that then we normally will typically lose and we will then see inch losses. Okay, so if this is actually a really important point. So I've been working with a lady now for a good number of months. And when we started her weight loss journey for health, okay, both because she wanted it, but also because her body needs it for health purposes, we found that she started to lose scale weight, okay, really beautifully every single week. But it took until about week five before we started to see inch losses. Now, what we appreciate from this, she is now two and a half stone down in weight on the scale. 
and three inches around her waist and hips, so three inches to her waist, three inches to her hips, we would be saying, well, wait a minute, should there not be more inch loss given that she's had such a a vast and quite really stabilised two and a half stone drop on the scales? Well, let me explain why this happened with her. And it is, it is, it's something that does happen. She was clearly holding a lot of internal visceral fat around her organs, which is the dangerous fat. So the fact that it took five weeks for her body to release that, and then we started to see the inch loss coming, okay, this was fully explained to her during the journey, because what can then happen is we can start to think, well, this isn't working. What I'm doing isn't working. I'm seeing it coming off the scales. Yeah, and we get excited, but actually our clothes don't feel any different. We're not losing any dress sizes. I think what's important to note with this is there are multiple reasons, okay, and one of the biggest one is you may just be holding on to that dangerous visceral fat. We don't want you doing that. We want you to release that from your body. So knowing that if you are seeing inch loss and not scale loss or vice versa, there are different reasons for that. Okay, and it's that's why it's not all about the scale weight, ladies. The numbers on the scales are actually quite irrelevant when we start to take this journey. They are just one measurement of progress. One, okay? So, yeah, we've got both visceral and subcutaneous fat, the, the internal fat or the fat that sits on the um, upper part of the skeleton with the muscle, with all the cells. That's the stuff that you can feel, okay? But what we really don't want is anything that can bring higher risk to our health, So one of those risks can be type 2 diabetes, as discussed earlier, another being stroke and even cardiovascular disease as we start to grow additional fat cells that are not needed in the body. I want to give you some key areas to assess for yourself and to work on to enhance your overall well-being in your menopause and reduce these risks to live healthier and happier. You get to do both. One, steps for health daily. For those of you that have followed along within my space for a while now, you are fully alerted that steps for health on the daily is a non-negotiable. Okay, we're aiming for a brisk walk with sweaty boobs midway through. This is the goal. Okay, sweaty boobs is what we're aiming for. 30 minutes of movement daily or the target of 150 minutes per week minimum. Okay, this is where I want you to be. Find what you love, what you enjoy and do more of it. You might love to walk. You might love to have a jog, a run, a skip, a dance. You might love gardening or it might just be as simple as saying, I'm just going to start by taking the stairs instead of the escalators whenever I'm seeing one. Okay, get creative, but be mindful. Number two, resistance training two to three times per week. Now, this isn't just in a gym. I do love the gym environment. Okay, I do. I really do. I leave there feeling like Wonder Woman. It's ace. But resistance training is also walking with some additional weight. So you might take a backpack. I live near two supermarkets. Well, three, I suppose you could include in the other direction. But two of them are right together. So I will typically take a backpack and I'll walk to get some core items from the supermarket shop. And I'll walk back. And sometimes it can be a good 10 kilograms that's on my back. Now, I don't advocate this if you struggle with your back health or your spinal health. Um, But certainly for those of you listening to this that are like, you know what, that's a really clever idea. I should do that. You get the opportunity to build resistance training into your day to day activities. You don't just need to go to a gym for it. Some banded home workouts. 
consider adding some weights to your walk in other ways. You might just hold them. You might strap them to your wrists or your ankles. And body weight movements, okay, such as lunges, squats, get creative. Or if you aren't creative and you know that you're just not going to hold yourself accountable, working with someone who can program this for you to your abilities, your goals, and hold your accountability. Number three, what you fuel with counts. Okay, everything in food and beverage has calorie value, energy value. So some of them are higher than others. And if you're looking to gain weight, you'd do so via resistance training so that we can stimulate muscle and eat above your daily requirements for your calories, for your BMR, which is your basal metabolic rate, and your activity level known as your PAL, physical activity level. Okay, a nutritionist can work this all out for you, so don't worry. And if you want to maintain where you are, you'd simply balance in and energy out. So balancing what you're eating in with what you're doing out within a couple of calories of difference, of course, a couple of hundred maybe, But this is where it then comes into. So that's maintaining and stabilizing. But if we want to lose weight, you'd need to be eating less calories than your body needs. So it then uses the stored energy in your fat cells or your lipids. And this is how it then reduces in your inches and your fat cells. Okay. So please note, it's not advised to drastically cut calories and really rapidly increase your cardio-based movement to achieve this. You'll be a lot happier and healthier being programmed with your goals so that you can enjoy stimulating your body muscles, this is important, and dropping that unwanted fat when it's needed to drop. Okay, if you're unsure how to do this and don't really have my free or already have my free menopause weight loss guide, click the show notes and grab a copy. Okay, you can download that. I give you the Harris-Benedict equation to calculate your ranges, give you some guidance around things to consider. The ranges that we set within the Harris-Benedict are not gospel. Okay, this is why working with a nutritionist or someone who can program you is really important, but it is giving you a good understanding of how you can do this and get knowledge for yourself. So you can go ahead and click the show notes and download that. And if you're serious about your fat loss journey, please message me so that my team and I can work with you to achieve your goals in a healthy way. Okay, we'll dedicate to supporting you for six months and during that time frame, you'll lose the fat, but you'll gain so much more than you'd ever imagined. Okay, like my one-to-one client who messaged me to thank me for the guidance that she's had so far as it's changed her sleep rating from a two. Okay, and this is important, one being the worst, to an eight, 10 being the best, in the space of six weeks. And her weight loss steadily reducing now week by week. Her energy levels are soaring. Her confidence is absolutely booming. And her performance is through the roof in her business. So please do not look at this as a, "Mm, I'm just going to dabble around here and just try a few things. If you're serious about this and you want to make improvement, do not waste your life currency trying to figure the F out with it. Get in touch and we'll help you. Number four, mind practices. Without this in place, your foundations of inner self-resilience are tested and weakened. Okay, what do I mean by inner resilience? I mean your ability to overcome the hard times. Your resilience in keeping your head above the water when it feels too much and when you want to stop, give up and revert to type. It will happen. You will feel this way. Okay, reverting to type is something every single human will do. You're not broken when you do this. 
It's learned and known behaviours that you have learned from childhood into adulthood and what we know we feel safe with, even when that can threaten our happiness, our health and our well-being. So reverting to type becomes a risk in this equation as it can be self-sabotaging for your change. Okay, If you've developed strong mindset practices on a daily basis, you will have a better, more successful chance of avoiding self-sabotage and reverting to type behaviours. One of my favourites, the client discussion that I was actually having recently, um, was around practicing great levels of success through affirmations. Now, you may be here thinking, well, we're jumping inside this camp woo-woo right now. Okay, hear me out. Okay, I do love woo-woo. I do. I've developed in this space for many years now and it has literally changed my entire life doing the woo-woo stuff. So affirmations, and I'm going to invite you to see that it's not so woo-woo stuff when it actually works for you. So Stepping into the shower is my open personal activation for this, okay? When the water hits my body, it's my cue to reaffirm to myself that I am. I am capable, I am worthy, I am, and I just keep going. Now, these affirmations are what help me overcome any self-sabotaging thoughts of I can't. It's more I am and I can. Okay, so truly... For it to be successful for you, you need to practice it and you need to make it part of your daily routine. So my invitation for you for the next seven days, okay, this is not a big ask, is to build in these daily affirmations to your morning shower and see what happens for you as you strengthen this mind pillar of resilience. Okay, I have so many of these truly amazing, incredibly life-changing, enhancing, altering, soaring invitations, interventions and practices So come and ask me, come and ask me for more if you find this affirmation one is really poignant in your development stage now. Okay, come and ask me for it. These are all part of the mind pillar within my reclamation formula. This is just one of the tips shared. And then finally, point five, remember successful fat loss at any age or stage of life requires A, a strategy. Okay, how are you going to release the unwanted body fat in a safe and happy and healthy manner. B, a consistent approach. So show up for yourself even when it's feeling harder than you thought. Okay, this is part of that journey and it is also part of what the majority of women will do and give up at. Okay, Stage B is where we normally see a lot of women giving up and why our ladies inside Adele Johnston Coaching have such successes because of how we set out the strategy, how we include consistency to suit their lifestyle assessment that we do at the start of their journey, and also how we maintain in that consistency through accountability. So A, a strategy, B, a consistent approach, and C, permanent changes in nutrition, diet, lifestyle, and mind. So if we think about nutrition, lifestyle, and mind being the three pillars within the reclamation formula for success, Okay, some of you might actually call these habits, but commit to them. Think about your lifestyle changes and enjoy a healthier you. And if you want help with anything that you've heard today, my team and I do this with you. Okay, we've successfully coached hundreds of women around the world to become a healthier, happier, more confident them using my proven three-step reclamation formula designed for determined women 
by determined women. Okay, this is important. So if you're ready to take action, head to the show notes, click the diary link. I am giving you this this week to book in with me for a short chat together. We can see, we can assess and we can look at what the next steps for you are in your own menopausal or just health focused fat release phase. It has been a pleasure to show up and to express, explain and go through this episode with you today. Remembering those five points are key right now and understanding that you're not alone. This is a beautiful place that we get to be together in. So just as a summary, step number one, steps for health daily. Step number two, resistance training two to three times per week. Step number three, what you fuel with counts. Step number four, mindful practices. And step number five, remembering that successful fat loss at any age and stage of your life requires you to have a strategy, a consistent approach, and to be able to make permanent changes in your nutrition, lifestyle, and mind practices. If you can master this, you are set for life. And that's exactly what we teach you to do inside Adele Johnston Coaching during either of our programs. So reach out, ask the question, do not sit lost. You do not get today back. This is your life currency moment. And I thank you for spending the last half an hour or so with me listening to this episode. Your life currency means everything. And I love that you are here today. I truly hope this episode has sparked something vibrant inside of you. I ask only one thing. To help keep these episodes coming, please subscribe and share with another in your life. That's how we reach more women worldwide and we help them step into their power. Because together, we are working to remove any of the stigma and taboo that surrounds menopause. This does not need to be a daunting, a scary, a taboo time in anyone's life. So together, let's make menopause mainstream.